This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Saturday. armed with a week's worth of talking points and got up early for your listening pleasure. So kick back and enjoy all the immensity, the potency, and the intensity that is the Robin Lundberg Show. Here's the man so charismatic, we named the show after him, Robin Lundberg. It is the Robin Lundberg Show, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. Uh, You remember that playing tournament guy who maybe should be fired? You know? Somebody relatively big in the NBA and said whoever came up with that ish needs to be fired. Well, perhaps uh, he should get a raise. Perhaps he should get a raise because... If you look at the current play-in standings in the NBA after last night's games, who do you think would be playing each other in the Western Conference? The Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. I mean, could you get any more marquee box office for the league than that? Now, it wouldn't be with elimination on the line per se but it would be with a playoff spot on the line LeBron James Steph Curry the two I would say the two faces of the NBA really LeBron's the face of the NBA next up is Steph those are the guys as great as so many other players are in the league and we'll get to you know plenty of those guys today you know I I have I could tell you why James Harden is the best player on the Nets the most important player on the Nets uh I tell you why Jokic Nikola Jokic is the MVP, and everybody needs to be okay with it. But when you're talking about the last however many years of NBA basketball, the the, the two, you know, close your eyes, faces that come to mind are, are James and, and Steph Curry. LeBron, you know, constantly argued against Michael Jordan, and Curry changed the entire game. But it, it was just, I don't know, a week ago, earlier this week, where Le, LeBron lamented the, the play-in tournament, Here here's what he said. It doesn't matter at the end of the day if I'm not, uh, you know, 100% close to 100%. It don't matter, you know, where we land. Uh, you know, that's my mindset. Uh, we end up at six or fifth or, or, or whatever the case may be, or if we end up in the, you know, the playoff, uh, whatever that thing is, wh- whoever came up with that shit, uh, need to be fired. <laughs> you know, Le- LeBron didn't actually mean that. I'm sure that the person needs to lose their job. He's just frustrated. I, I think he's frustrated because of the first part of his comment. And and the first cu- part of his comment there 
is far more important than the second half of his comment there. Uh, he was injured. LeBron James was injured. Not hurt, he was injured. Um, and the, the Lakers' season has not been the same since, right? And when he went down, I did say, and others did say, they could find themselves in the play-in tournament. I mean, that shows you the value of LeBron James, right? Uh, his absence has been felt enormously because you would have never imagined the Lakers would fall all the way from where they were when he went down. I don't remember if they were second in the West or right right in that mix. They were they were with Phoenix and, and the Clippers and, and that group right below Utah, who's kind of been number one all season, even though Phoenix is just a game back at Utah. And now they're with Golden State and Memphis and San Antonio. That's the, the, the drop that has happened for the Lakers. And that, that's been attributed, I mean, can be attributed solely, I, I would think, to LeBron's injury. I mean, I, I know AD was hurt too, but AD, for the most part, has not played very well this season, regardless of whether he's been a little banged up. Um, the Lakers had that, that short turnaround, all that. He, he just hasn't been the same player he was a year ago. He's had some flashes of it. He had some flashes of it against Denver the other night, flashes of it last night. But he's, he just hasn't been the same guy. And, of course, they're also missing Dennis Schroeder at the moment. So a, a lot missing from, from that Lakers team. And I, I heard some people say, like, um, when LeBron made the comments about not being 100% or whatever, like that he was making excuses or, or laying the groundwork for, for whatever may be to come. And people are just silly because there are excuses and – there are reasons, right? And if you're to say and look at this Lakers season and it, it, it fall, comes apart, it, it falls apart, it, it never gets back on track, and they wind up getting eliminated in, let's say, the first round of the playoffs or, or the second round of the playoffs even. I mean, think about where they're at in the play and they'd be playing, you know, the possibly the you know number one seed when they, they get into the playoffs or the number two seed in the, the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, I don't write them off in, in any matchup, but you would not – it's not an excuse. It's just a fact. It's just the, the reason LeBron James got hurt. That's what happened to them. That's what happened to their season. And I think, you know, when he went down, it was a little undersold. People undersold how big a deal it was. Because they just assume he's going to be back for the playoffs and all is going to be fine. And I did not. I mean, high ankle sprains are are problematic injuries. You know, I, I remember when Saquon Barkley had his high ankle sprain and, and never got all the way right. Uh, and we still haven't seen him back on, on the field yet. He, he obviously had the other injury on top of that, you know, the, that whole kinetic chain deal. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo basically took a season from him a high ankle sprain, and those guys aren't LeBron James, but LeBron James is 36 years old, and you look at the the look on his face when that injury happened, when he went down, when, when Hill rolled up on him, he knew it, you know, the way he hit the floor, the way he walked off the court, that wasn't a minor thing, that wasn't a thing that needed some rest, that wasn't, you know, that that's, he's not healthy, I mean, he came back and then had to leave again. Probably even came back early, probably pushing it to try and get some rhythm, to try and test it, to try and, you know, keep them out of the playing game. 
So I think that the play-in tournament comment was more frustration from that. And it, it's a bummer. Look, it is because, I, I, uh, again, I'll never doubt what that guy's capable of. Everybody who knows me knows that. I won't doubt what he's capable of. But I don't know if we're going to see LeBron at his best this season. I don't know. Remains to be seen. But I, I, I don't think you can just dismiss the possibility that he won't be right. Because that, you know, is, I think, the leading possibility, given what we've seen thus far. And does it take an entire offseason before he's all the way right? And at that point, you're talking about a 37-year-old. I mean, when, when he went down, I said at the time, any missed time in his prime is a big deal. Because there is only a finite amount of his prime remaining. There is not much of it, even if it seems like he's going to go forever. I know we see Tom Brady playing at whatever age he is now. What is he, 43? And that sort of recalibrates what you might think from an age deal. But LeBron and Brady play different sports. Like what LeBron is doing is far more taxing than what Tom Brady is doing. You know, you have to be able to to guard people. You have to be able to move laterally. You have to be able to quick explode. You have to be able to get up and down the floor. You have to be able to, you know, do all the things that you have to do on the basketball court. And it's remarkable. I mean, one of the reasons he got hyped so much for doing it at, at this stage in his career is because it's not supposed to happen. Not normal. Year 18. Not normal. It was just October when the dude won the NBA championship. I know, like, the way time has gone during this pandemic is all weird and everything. That was October of, of well, not this year, but, you know, within the calendar year. And finals MVP and all that. Like, still best player in the world. October. And now, all those things feel tenuous. You know, I, I don't want to remove the best player in the world title from him um, via count out or disqualification I think it needs to come via pinfall or submission but we're getting to that point you know that's going to that transition is going to happen soon where you'll legitimately be able to say that other people are the best player in the world you know who's in that mix for that who's fighting for that spot I mean to me you're you're looking at um Harden Curry Jokic Durant you know guys like that in the mix for that spot but, you know, Luca on the come up, Kawhi. But LeBron's been there for so long, and we, we just sort of assume, okay, it's playoff time. Here he comes. But, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of, to be quite frank, when he got hurt a, a few years back, and, and this has happened in his, his Lakers tenure. You know, th that second year, it's a, it's a good thing he got that championship because – I mean, that championship, I think, in the bubble, cemented a lot. Because when he went to L.A., you thought, oh, you know, if he could just get one. That's at least what I thought. If he could just get one. I was never thinking multiple titles at that time, just given his age and, and the, the tread on his tires. Because not only has he played 18 seasons, he's played, like, several extra seasons worth of postseason games. At least two seasons worth of postseason games. Message, that odometer is up there. So I, I had thought at the time, if he could get one with the Lakers, that would be remarkable. And he did. You know, only superstar to win with three different franchises and all that stuff. And, and, and I, I think that title was the one. 
You know, it's funny because with LeBron, you're only talking – really, you're only talking about his head-to-head battle with Jordan, which is ridiculous, right? Like somebody who's not even playing anymore. Um, I've I've said before, anybody knows, I think LeBron's the best player who's ever played the game, but whatever, it's an argument. I, I think what last year's title did was cemented as 1A and 1B, meaning, you know, I don't think he passed – Jordan in in the collective consciousness of people or people's minds, but I think it's now those two guys and and those two guys on their own plateau to be argued from here till eternity ends. So I don't know like what else he, you know, there's nothing else he needs to accomplish per se, but it's always a bummer when you have somebody of of, of his stature and and you're not sure, you know, you're going to get to see that guy. He posted something on on Twitter yesterday. What did he say? I don't know if this was about Space Jam or about like people doubting him and the Lakers is all fun and games until the rabbit got the gun. I mean, I I, I guess that's a Bugs Bunny reference, uh, something with Elmer Fudd or Yosemite Sam. But I, I I maybe he's hearing all this. Maybe he's you know trying to use it as motivation. I just don't know you know if his body is going to be there for him this time around. But as far as the drama goes, that whole play-in thing seems to be working to a T. For one, it you know keeps these regular season games later in the season having some sort of meaning. It, it may actually dilute the regular season even further um, over the course of the long haul just because you have so much more room for error if you still have a chance to get in from the 10th spot. But I, I think for the... You know, the most part, it, it makes these later season games more intriguing. They have more stakes. And then, you know, you, you get the possibility of Curry and LeBron going to head-to-head for a spot. Like, the way the playing tournament works, if you don't know, is 7 and 8 play each other and 9 and 10 play each other. The winner of 7 and 8 is in. The winner of 9 and 10 plays the loser of 7 and 8. So, I mean, that's uh, – I, I can't imagine a, a bigger dream scenario. One of the play – I think the playing tournament starts on the 18th, so 10 days from now. If the the Lakers and the, the Warriors are playing for a, a spot in the playoffs. I don't I, – again, I don't think the, the guy who came up with the playing tournament at that point would be uh, – his job would be on the line. He may be in line for a promotion. What do you make of the state of the Lakers, the fact that they could be in the play-in tournament, and whether we will see LeBron James as we know him the remainder of this season? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Robin Lundberg on Twitter. That's R-O-B-I-N-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G. I said there, there's some other stuff I want to get to in the NBA as, as well. Um, a lot of talk about Nikola Jokic. This week, the Brooklyn Nets, the other team that has been favored for much of this season in the midst of a, a bit of a, a, a doldrum. They're in a four-game skid right now. I got some stuff uh, I want to say uh, about that and the player that they're, they're missing at this moment versus the two stars that they still currently have on the team. And then there was a, a bit of trash talking last night that may have made some feel a little bit uncomfortable. Very on brand for the person that was doing the trash talking. Not unexpected or out of left field from the the trash talker. 
But I, I thought um, a rookie, in fact, handled that situation with the utmost leadership, really. You don't um, necessarily see that from a, a rookie, and, and I'll explain to you what I mean by that coming up and what exactly took place. But as always, I want to hear from you. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Robin Lundberg on Twitter. It is The Robin Lundberg Show, and it's coming to you here on CBS Sports Radio. Following Robin Lundberg on Twitter is easy. His Twitter handle is at Robin Lundberg. Word. Today it's a full afternoon of sports on CBS, beginning at 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific, with the National Women's Soccer League Challenge Cup Final. Then at 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, it's off to the golf course, where some of the PGA's Tour's best will be on the tee, competing at the Wells Fargo Championship. That's all coming up this afternoon on CBS. We could get Warriors-Lakers coming up in the play-in tournament, so the play-in person uh, might need to get a raise rather than be fired. What do you make of the Lakers falling to that play-in spot and the the state of perhaps LeBron James? 855-212-4227-855-212-4227. You know, um, something else in in the NBA last night that caught my eye on social media because there was a clip going around and you, you have to uh, – well, actually, let me, let me read this tweet that, that just came in. Uh, um, the Lakers are a mess and won't win anything, says Willie Manaskinian. Sorry I, if I butchered your last name. That's, that's a tough one. Um, and won't win anything without LeBron. Davis is not enough. I'd have made a deal, kept Ingram, Randall, and Ball. Thoughts? Uh, happy Mother's Day to you and your family, too. Wait, wait. You have made a deal for Beal and kept all those players? Well, I don't think – that, that, that wasn't going to happen. And by the way, they won the title with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So I don't think we you know, need to relitigate the Anthony Davis deal. I think that worked out well for them. But yes, of course, they're not going to win anything without LeBron. Uh, and I don't think they're going to win anything with a hobbled LeBron either. And, you know, that they're also missing some, some from what they had last year, right? Like Danny Green and uh, a vet. Uh, Rondo it was big for them in the playoffs. Last year, Dwight Howard was big for them, specifically in the matchup against Jokic. So it's not the same team. They've been lacking some shooting this year as well. It just, I I don't see, like a lot of times the LeBron team will uh, not play that well at the end of the year and people make a big deal of it when it really shouldn't be a big deal. This year, I think it's more real because one, they have some problems with the roster and and two, he's hurt. I mean, like that that's just – there's no other – and that's what makes it a little bit less interesting of a talking point, quite frankly, because there's no – there's nothing else to it. He's hurt. And if he's hurt, they're done. Bottom line, period, done, finished. There's no – it's not complicated. It's not – doesn't take any more reading into. 855-212-4227. But the other thing I was mentioning, you know, scrolling Twitter. I wasn't watching this game last night, but the Timberwolves played the Heat last night, and there's a clip – of uh, a bit of, of trash talk that, that happened. And you can pick up the audio, and it seems to be Jimmy Butler talking to Carl Anthony Towns. And in that moment, Jimmy Butler is calling Towns soft 
as something. Uh, he says, you know, I, I already punked you before, basically probably referring to their time as teammates with the Minnesota Timberwolves and a couple of other things in there. But it was uh, – he called him a loser. You soft as baby bleep. You a loser. I already punked you once. And the reason it sort of became a thing, I don't think if – really if Jimmy had been talking to any other player – that would have caused um, a reaction. I, I, I don't think literally any other player. But because of what Carl Anthony Towns has gone through in the last year or so, um, losing you know family members to COVID and, and just it, it's been a rough go for him. He's, he's had a, a, a really you know tr- traumatic period of time. There, there is a, a bit of you that goes, ooh. You know, I, I get it. Trash talk's part of the game. It's part of Jimmy Butler's personality. You know, I love it about Jimmy Butler in general. I love it about Jimmy Butler in general. But when, you know, Towns has lost his his mother and other people close to him um, and, and has clearly been, you know, emotionally affected as anyone would be by that it was like you know is is that the guy you know jimmy could you have not could you have let him be this time around and one of towns's teammates really stepped up in the aftermath and, and that was anthony edwards the rookie who's who's flashing some superstar potential as of late he you know he's hitting people with step backs and uh, his dribble drive game is is really improved, and he he's just got you know clear physical abilities. But he he brought something beyond those physical abilities last night because Towns was asked after the game about his exchange with Jimmy Butler, and Anthony Edwards stepped in and and took the answer, and he said, "Man, they grown men, dog. They just be talking, having a regular conversation. If you ask me, it's no competition if we not talk and bleep to each other." And, you know, for the most part, that's true, right? Like, that is run-of-the-mill. There was nothing, I, I guess, you know, expletive was used and you're called a loser and all that, but nothing beyond what you might hear on a basketball court. You know, I've heard similar things on a basketball court at a, a far inferior level, of course, far, 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 far inferior level, but that is just run-of-the-mill trash talk. Um, it, it, the only reason it stood out is because of, of – what Towns has had to endure, uh, the, the trauma he's had to endure, and, and the clear toll it has taken on him. So I, I thought, um, you know, it, it just made you go, Ugh. but Edwards steps up there in that moment, even answering for Towns, and I, I think that's a, a good bit of leadership from a, a rookie to not make Towns have to answer it, you know, to, to make it so like there's no clip of Towns that's getting shared today, nothing about, you know, how he didn't stand up for himself or seem sad or, or anything that, that could have turned this into a bigger story. The fact that, that Edwards knew how to debt it, I believe, was, was cool. And he handled that very well. So for a rookie um, that was you know, stepping up to the plate as a teammate. And Edwards, has a, he's got a really engaging personality. 
if you've seen him talk before. Really engaging personality. But when it comes to the NBA, a couple other storylines as well in recent days and weeks. And one of them was about the MVP and Nikola Jokic. You know, I, it was Nick Wright, I believe, who had said a couple days ago that uh, he would be the worst MVP in 35 years. And I think that's sort of a um, symptom of so many people trying to not give him the award this year, right? Like, I, to be honest, I didn't have him at the top of my ballot for much of the year. LeBron's my default MVP. You know, generally, I think almost every year you could give LeBron the MVP. I made a case, you know, I think Harden had a case for a while there with the Nets, and and I'll get to him in, in just a second. Uh, and then there were, you know, other guys, Steph Curry's played at an unbelievable level, um, Joel Embiid in, until he got injured, but basically everybody else has follow, fallen by the wayside. LeBron got hurt, Harden got hurt, Embiid got hurt, Curry's team doesn't have really the record that you typically associate with an MVP, and Jokic has been there the whole time, and you know, it's at this point, you you got to give him the MVP and you got to feel good about it. It's going to be okay. He's going to win it and the world is going to be okay. And he deserves it. Statistically, he's having a monster season. And he's playing. It's not like just like stats that aren't backed up by the way he's playing. You watch the guy play and he, he's been dominating this year. He lost his, his second best teammate about a month ago and they've kept rolling in the midst of it. He came into this year slimmer than he normally is. He, he's moving at, at a different speed. I mean, you see Jokic and the, the way he attacks the basket this year, the way he's, he's, he's scoring this year. I mean, he's shooting the ball at, at a great clip. And, and then, of course, he's always like such a brilliant, gifted passer that he's different than the typical big man because he can facilitate. You know, he also makes these intangible plays, keeping possessions live or whatever. I mean, you watched him against the Knicks the other night. He, he doubled their score. In the first quarter, he outscored him by, by himself. Not only that, he doubled their score. He had 24 points. They had 12 points in the first quarter. And, you know, as of uh, talking about with LeBron, I never in a million years would have considered Jokic in the conversation for best player in the league. But he's playing at that level now. He's at that level. So, uh, you know, it, it's not like an MVP who is, is getting a, a, a favor done for him. I, I forgot to mention Giannis who would also be, you know, in the mix, but they're not going to give him three MVPs in a row. That's like legendary stuff. And then you think about the postseason. I think there was a little guilt last year, given what LeBron did in the postseason versus what Giannis did in the postseason. And and I think with, um, with Jokic, you're also wondering that, like, you know, how's he going to perform in the postseason? And and I still want to see if he can get his solely alone in the postseason in some of these matchups. Like I mentioned before, Dwight Howard slowed him down a little bit a season ago, even though he had a, a very good playoffs. But there, he's clearly, unquestionably, and in you know put it in cement, put it in, in granite, he's the MVP this year. And he, he's playing at a level where he has a case, you know, if, if and when we, we are taking that title off LeBron, where it could be him. You know, generally, I would never put a big man in that conversation at all because I think you have to be able to create on your own off the off the dribble to actually be the best player in the league. But I mean, he's just been so good, 
that to, to me it's it's Harden, Jokic, Curry, Giannis, Katie. You know that those are the guys in the mix for that spot, and he is emphatically the MVP. He's going to win it. He deserves to win it. There shouldn't be any other conversation. You know, Chris Paul, I know that the that, that Suns have been elevated this year. You just can't compare what the two have done on the court. I love Chris Paul, one of my favorite players ever. You can't compare what the two have done on the court and say that that's close. It's not. Nikola Jokic is the MVP, and it's going to be okay. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227, at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. Kevin Hattrick tweets in. He may be getting to that point. Um, I, I think he's talking about LeBron. But how many more games has he played in playoff-wise since he came to the league? Has to be 250-plus more games. The wear and tear has to catch up at some point. Um, yeah, look, I think it's, it, like I said, it's several seasons. And the, the, almost the, the thing that makes this worse is it's not even just the wear and tear on LeBron. It's the fact that that was a bit of a freak injury. Solomon Hill rolled up on his leg. It wasn't a wear and tear injury. But now you combine that with the wear and tear and his age and everything else. And um, it may be may turn out to be a wasted year for LeBron James when he doesn't have too many more of those years left. With a week's worth of talking points, here's Robin Lundberg. You know, in addition to the Lakers struggling a bit, the other team that was sort of we've put in the finals all year, the Brooklyn Nets struggling a bit at the moment. Four-game losing streak for Brooklyn. And, you know, as far as that goes, it's hard to really uh, read too much into it, I would say, because they don't have who I believe is their most important and ultimately best player. And that's James Harden. When the, the James Harden trade went down, it felt at that moment like a luxury rather than a necessity. I mean, after all, they already had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But it's turned out to be a complete necessity. And I believe that Harden, in many ways, may have saved the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving era altogether. You know, Durant's been hurt so much of this season that if Harden wasn't there for the games he was there, the Nets may be closer to the play-in than they are, you know, solidified in the playoffs. On top of that, you know, when KD and Kyrie have been together in the lineup, the Nets are under 500 without Harden. I mean, I, I think he's saved them from a lot of smoke. I mean, those guys are unbelievable basketball players. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like, KD, you've never seen anything like him at his height, the way he's able to, to score. Um, and Kyrie is probably the most skilled player of all time. But their scorers, born scorers, they haven't elevated everyone else around them. They haven't elevated everyone else around them. That's what Harden has done for the team. I mean, and, and look at the Houston Rockets right now. I mean, the Houston Rockets during Harden's tenure there, were the only team to make the playoffs for the entire time he was there. Every other franchise during that span missed the playoffs. The Rockets never did. Now they're just god-awful. And the Nets you know, are 27-7 and 7 
with Harden. They are under 500 without Harden. I mean, in clutch time, which is how the NBA defines a game that's within five points uh, in the final five minutes of the game. I believe the Nets are now 3-7 and seven in clutch games without Harden. 20-2 and two in clutch games with Harden. And that's because, you know, he's a facilitator. He's the one player who um, can playmake and, and, and elevate the rest of the team. He's the engine for them. And, and I know there'll be some who say, well, you know, their, their issues are with defense. Their issues are with rebounding. He doesn't fix those things. Not so true. He doesn't fix them. They still have issues there. But he does improve those areas. You know, James Harden actually leads the Nets in rebounding. He's their leading rebounder. He is better defender than he gets credit for. You know, he's got quick hands. He's very strong. So he can he could play physical in the post and, and body up a bigger guy. He allows them to be bigger as a team from the guard position because without him in the backcourt, they're small and, and bad defensively in the backcourt. And then, you know what else helps your defense? Whenever the other team is taking the ball out of the basket. They're taking the ball out of the basket as, as frequently as they, they tend to be when he's in the lineup. It lets you get your defense set. Let you get your defense set. And, you know, he, he's their point guard. When, when he came and they made that decision, Kyrie was the shooting guard and Harden was the point guard. That changed everything for them. And I've seen what they look like with James Harden, so I'm not going to overreact to what they look like right now. But I have seen enough, I believe, to say that the Nets' season and the Nets' era would have perhaps flamed out and ended in disappointment if they didn't get James Harden back. With James Harden, if his hamstring's healthy, I mean, we're talking about the health of James's, right? Like LeBron's ankle and Harden's hamstring are keys to what may happen in the playoffs. But if, if he's healthy and out in the lineup, I, I still think the, the Nets win that conference and ultimately the championship. But with him not there, no, they're not going to. And Milwaukee really exposed a lot of their you know weaknesses otherwise head-to-head in those matchups. I mean, Giannis is basically designed to go head-to-head with the Brooklyn Nets. Designed to, to you know... Give it to them. So, I it's it's hard to ever say anybody's like better than Kevin Durant, right? As as good as he is, but if you're telling me who I think the best player on the Nets is, I I know people say, well, he's the most important, but not the best. I think that's just a, a way to semantically avoid actually saying it. Harden Harden's the best player on the team. Harden's the best player on the team. That guy is 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 special. He's special. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227, at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. You know, speaking of New York, we were talking about Brooklyn, and I'm not transitioning to the Knicks right now. I, I'm talking about baseball. What the hell happened in the Mets game last night, Anthony? I, I know you're a Mets fan. Uh, what's the deal with – why am I reading – I saw the, the soundbite from Francisco Lindor where he said that he and his teammate Jeff McNeil were – arguing about whether uh, they saw a rat or a raccoon in the yeah. dugout. 
they what did they like i i saw the camera angle you never actually saw those two together right you just knew it was those two in the tunnel yeah it just uh i don't know what they saw um but i smell bs (laughs) with all with all with their explanation after the game so there was some miscommunication in the infield during the top half of the seventh inning and then at the end of that inning, um, you saw uh, a lot. Uh, uh, one of the Mets gesture towards the tunnel, and then uh, a couple of them ran down uh, over to the tunnel area. So clearly, something was going on, and you know, a lot of people wondering. You know, thankfully, it didn't turn out that anyone was like sick or anything health related. Like someone might have collapsed. Um, you know. Lindor and uh, McNeil definitely, you know, had some kind of altercation, I think, uh, there in the tunnel. Uh, They had some miscommunication on the field. It's not the first time this season. But again, you know, they're they're new teammates over at second and shortstop. They're still getting used to each other, still filling each other out. Uh, So you expect that. Uh, and they both have not gotten off to a great start this season, so they're frustrated. So there was some miscommunication on a ground ball, and then, uh, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinion, uh, you know, they had words, and I'm not sure what else happened down in that tunnel um, in between the inning. And, you know, coming out, um, you, you could see from McNeil's facial expressions and Lindor, who was constantly with a big smile on his face, you could tell from his facial expressions, he was not happy. Even after he hit the game-tying home run in the bottom of the seventh inning, he still clearly wasn't happy. Um, so, and then after the post game, uh, in the post game when you know the reporter is asked uh Lindor what happened you know Lindor said that uh they were debating whether or not they had seen a raccoon or a rat so uh yeah it just it, it, it it's very frustrating it's just it's it's silly it's stupid because it's not the first time that teammates have had an issue with each other got into an argument an altercation like it's not really that big of a deal so I don't understand why all this trying to cover it up with this stupid, silly story. Like, just come out and say, yeah, you know, um, you know, there was some miscommunication, which they both did uh, say post-game. You know, we had some miscommunication. It's been a frustrating start here for both of us. We exchanged some words in the dugout, but, you know, we're teammates, we're brothers, we love each other. That's the end of it. We're all good now. Uh, you know, I'm not going to take any more questions on it. It's all settled you know, th- that's how it should have been handled. Instead, Lindor, you know, concocts this ridiculous story. And what's amazing is it's just not Lindor. I mean, so apparently Lindor, I guess, got with the whole team after the game and said, hey, guys, I'm going to give this story to the media. Everybody else go with it. Because later on, when McNeil came in the post game, McNeil followed that story. Uh, several of the other Mets that they talked to post game stuck with that story. You even had you even had Mets going on social media, which I thought again was so strange. Like Marcus Stroman went on social media. There was a couple other guys that went on sh- that went on Twitter afterwards, and they were bringing this whole rat story up, the rat and uh, the raccoon story up as well. Uh, so it just it just seemed very odd and weird, you know. To it just you know it just left a bad taste in my mouth as a Mets fan. Again, it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, players 
uh, teammates. They they have fought in the past. They will fight again in the future. And to concoct this whole ridiculous story about you know debating between a rat and a raccoon, it just you know again no one no one believes it. I don't think anyone actually believes that. So. It just that that was really frustrating. Just come out and be honest. Say that you had, you know, you had words. That's that's the end of it. You know, say I'm not going to take any questions on it. But to fabricate this ridiculous story, like, like I mean, do you think we're all fools? Like, it just it's. Uh, I, I was very disappointed because I I I love Lindor. I love the energy that he brings to the team. He's always smiling. You know, he's coaching the other players out there. Uh, you just you, you could tell he has a passion for the game, and uh, you know he hit a big home run yesterday. And the comp with the story was really disappointing. Well, you know, it, it, it feels like he's trolling a little bit. I mean, I, I would guess that they had some sort of yeah, like you said, altercation. Yeah, and and, and they just didn't want to uh, tell, and they didn't want to discuss they, it with the media. They didn't want to put it out there to the public, which again is fine. I mean, we don't need all the details, but again, just say yeah, you know, we did have some words but, in the tunnel. Here's the thing about the story, because it's almost so ridiculous that they had to know it's ridiculous. So I, I wonder if they, like, made up to the point where they, they like, were happy about it and, and felt like trolling. Because I don't know how you confuse a rat and a raccoon. Like, that's a hell of a rat if it's a <laughs> raccoon. I don't, I don't know if people have seen raccoons. My mom used to feed raccoons on our back porch in southern Maryland. I don't know why necessarily, but she would put food out for raccoons and possum. So sometimes, like, there would be, like, 10, 15 of them joints on our, our, our porch at a time, a raccoon is, you know, bigger than a cat, right? Like it's a, it's, it's like a, a dog, like a, uh, you know, bigger than a, a Yorkie, you know, like a, um, a, a decent sized animal out there and a rat. I mean, I've seen rats and, and they, they're ugly and gross and whatnot and, and can be scary. And, and even large rats, I lived in New York, right? Well, that was the point Lindor was trying to say. I've never seen a New York rat before. So, yeah, yeah. you know. But and, uh, a New York rat is more like the rat from The Princess Bride to be a raccoon. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if you're confused. A rat and a raccoon, even if you're George Costanza squinting, picking up raccoons everywhere. Talking some fights coming up next here on The Robin Lundberg Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.